Good morning. How's everyone? Good. My name's Eric. If I haven't met you, I'd love to. Uh, out in the courtyard, if you are not familiar with our church, there's a welcome area. We have uh, ways for you to get connected, answer questions, and gifts for you. And so we encourage you to do that. A uh, couple things before we hop into the sermon. One, um, there's been a, a fake email going out. And just so you guys know, I will never ask you for gift cards, okay? I can promise you that. You'll never get an email from me asking for that. So please disregard it. Um, it's from a fake email account. They didn't hack us. Uh, but feel free to buy Pastor Dave and Pastor Andy gift cards at your pleasure. Um, they love them. So, uh, but not on my behalf. So just keep that in mind. We, won't, we wouldn't do that. Second, after this meeting or after this service, we're going to have an informational meeting. Um, just to share about some exciting things in the church, and uh, that'll prepare you for the business meeting, which is on September 24th. Um, just to get it out of the way, since I've been asked a few times, my wife is not pregnant, okay, so that's not the news. Um, I would be crying and happy at the same time, so um, you know it'll be fun. So after this service, you can get your kids, you can come back, and uh, we'll try to make it uh, timely so that you can get on. And I know some of you are thinking, really, Pastor Eric, the first football Sunday you have a meeting? That's how amazing the news is. So I will leave you with that. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna get right into our sermon here. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, uh, we pray that just your word would just illuminate our hearts. It would convict us. It would unite us. It would teach us. Um, but more than anything, it would just illuminate uh, the greatness of who you are and how everything else just fails in comparison. Uh, that we'd have a deep affection and a deep joy and a deep love for you. Um, that you are the highest loved, valued prize in our life. And so we just pray that you would speak to us through your text. Uh, your words and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 13, picking it up in 44. And, and this, is, this is one of those hard sermons uh, and I've been saying that a lot lately because Matthew's hard, but it's different. It's a different kind of hard. Um, the text is straightforward. There's not disagreement about what's being said. Uh, what makes this text hard is I can't make you treasure Christ. Uh, no matter how hard you work, you can't make someone treasure Jesus. And uh, so hopefully what you'll see is that if we treasure Christ in the way that he tells us to, it will cause other people to say, why? How and what is going on? And so that's my heart in this passage is to, uh, to draw out the depth of what this passage is saying. So the first thing being con confronted here is that essentially there's a man, or there's two men, two different instances, and I want you to catch this, is that they find something better and that it is worth so much, this treasure is worth so much that they're willing to get rid of everything else they have to possess this one treasure. So the first question, will you sell everything? And hopefully catch this uh, in the sermon. We're not trying to demonize your hobbies, your family, uh, any of that. We're not trying to make anyone feel guilty. The point of the passage isn't everything that they sold was terrible. It's in comparison to the treasure it, it, it couldn't compare, therefore it was less than. I, I don't know if you guys can identify with this, but sometimes when I'm around really smart people, I feel really dumb. It doesn't mean I'm dumb, it just means compared to them, I'm dumb, if that makes sense. And so we're not demonizing the, the things we love and we hold to, but what this is saying is that literally the treasure is so amazing that, it, that, that it's worth getting rid of everything else in your life. Okay? And so Jesus is preparing the disciples 
in this narrative. This is a part of their training. This is a part of their discipleship. And I want you to catch this. We talk about it a lot, but the book of Matthew really depends on how well you understand this, as that there was an expectation on their part that Jesus is gonna go and rebuild Jerusalem and Israel, and he was gonna sit in David's throne. And this is why they're arguing. Who gets to sit on the right hand? Who gets to sit on the left? And so their expectation is that they're gonna rule over nations, they're gonna be powerful, they're gonna be wealthy, and they're going to rule with Jesus. And so what Jesus is trying to draw out of them is all of that fails in comparison to knowing me. The kingdom of heaven is like, it is like a treasure that you would sell everything for. And so it's not just about them wrapping their minds around materially losing everything, but also ideally, emotionally, um, their value structure is that they would say, I would rather be persecuted and have Christ than to sit on a throne or to sit in power, to sit in comfortable uh, notoriety and to be respected. I'd rather have Christ than be persecuted because that's what he's sending them out into post-resurrection, to be hated, beated, or beaten, mocked, all of these things. And he's saying the way you will survive that is that you realize that the greatest treasure you could ever have is yours and no one can take it from you. And so in that tension, we find ourselves as well. It's not just when we look at our bank accounts and our, our families and our hobbies and our interests that we say Christ is better. It's also what do we value? That we value Christ's truths, Christ's commandments, Christ's way of life more than we value anything else. And we will forfeit a job, we will forfeit money, we will forfeit notoriety, we will forfeit value, we will forfeit anything to keep our treasure because there's nothing greater than having Christ. And so this is very important. Will you sell everything? We look at the mind, the will, and the emotion. Will you look at all of your life and say, there's things I like to think about. It's good to think about your family. It's good to think about your job. It's good to think about your kids, you know, in the future. But when you look at how much you think, are you saying there's nothing better than thinking about Jesus? It's not that the other things aren't worth thinking about. It's that compared to Jesus, there's nothing else to really think about. And so you walk through this process. This is what he's drawing out, that there's a treasure. And this treasure is so amazing that he goes and sells everything he has so he could obtain this treasure. It's about seeing that you have great things, but there's something greater. And you found the greatest thing in all of life, and his name is Jesus, and he's your treasure. When you think about your emotions, what stirs you up, what excites you, what gets you moving throughout the day, what causes you to run through walls, what causes you to work through sickness, what causes you to move through hardships and climb mountains, you know, whether it's family motivated or it's goal motivated, whatever that is, does it fail in comparison to the affections and motivations you have because of Christ Jesus? It isn't demonizing the things you love. It's saying compared to Christ, it doesn't even hold because Christ is better. When you think about your time and your resources, you know, you give your time, you volunteer, you give your money, that's great, that's awesome. 
but does it fail in comparison to the way you give your effort, energy, money for people knowing about Christ, pursuing Christ as their treasure, learning and understanding and the knowledge of Christ? And so when you start to stack this up, it's really a question of, is Jesus worth and is he more valuable than anything else in my life? So if you were to think through your day, if I'm gonna hand you a Bible or a phone, I know what some of you are thinking, well, I can put the Bible on my phone, Pastor. You're missing the point. Would you say, no, 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 give me the Bible. And it's not that you can't play on your phone. You can play Wordle and go on Instagram, whatever it is. But does it fail in comparison to opening up his book and knowing who he is and hearing what he has to say because he is your greatest treasure? It's about the superiority of Christ over all things. It's not demonizing and hating other things. It's things failing in comparison to Christ. And so when you think of that, you're you're literally waiving all of your other identities. You're not mom, you're not dad. You're not engineer, firefighter, uh, nurse, mom, housemaid, you know, whatever you wanna call that. You're a Christian. That is the driving value in all of your life, your Christ. Those are other things that you do, but they don't define you because that's not your treasure. Your treasure is Christ. And so you enter into those relationships through that identity. You're a Christian mom, you're a Christian dad, you're a Christian worker, you're a Christian employee. It literally drives everything you have. It is the highest good you could do. It is the most satisfying thing you could do is to do the things that Christ asked you to do because he is your treasure. You value him. You love him. You want to do everything that he asks, everything that he requires because there's no better way to do things. John Bunyan said this in 1688. He was uh, imprisoned for talking about Jesus. He was there because he wouldn't stop preaching the word of God to the people. And the fear was that if he talked about Christ, that people wouldn't care about country. And so they, you know, put him in jail. And this is his response. He says, I will stay in prison till the moss grows on my eyelids rather than disobey God. See, and I'd rather stay in prison and moss grow on my eyes than disobey God. He's saying there's nothing greater than talking about Jesus, than serving Jesus, than preaching Christ. There's nothing greater. So I will stay here with moss on my eyes rather than go there and be told I can't talk about my treasure. My treasure is far greater than anything the world can offer me, including freedom. And so that's what Jesus is trying to prepare these disciples for. That post-resurrection, they would love him so much that any threat waged against them, they would say, I don't care, I have Christ. You can persecute me, you can beat me, you can exile me, you will not take Christ from me, I will not stop loving him. So this, this verse, it's huge. Why? Because it's not just that you would consider all that you have as secondary to Christ, I want you to catch this in verse 44. It says, then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. 
He doesn't reluctantly go, oh, there's this kind of dilapidated treasure. I guess I'll get rid of all my cool stuff. He's not selling his Ferrari and going and getting a Pinto. And he's like, I'm just gonna call the Pinto a Ferrari. He's saying, no, 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 I found something greater than a Ferrari. I found something absolutely greater. That's why in his joy, in his joy, he sells it all away so he could obtain the something that is greater, that is Jesus. And so when when you think through this, you have to think through in comparisons of Jesus is the treasure and he's greater than anything in all of your life. It doesn't mean that you don't love other things. It means that compared to Christ, it fails. This is what Paul's getting at in Philippians chapter three, seven and eight. I want you to watch this. It says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I want you to notice he's not talking about the benefits of Christ. He's talking about Christ as a person. And he's saying everything he had. You have to think Paul was, you know, he had money, he had power, and he had fame. And he says, I count all of that as a loss compared to knowing Christ. Check out how verse eight goes. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, same word, king. He's saying everything is loss compared to the worth, surpassing worth of knowing Christ. He's saying there's nothing greater than knowing Jesus as your king. And notice he attaches it to value. Nothing surpasses this worth. There's nothing greater. So when you think about your life and you think about your friendships, you think about your family, you think about your goals and your ambitions, it's not that they're evil and they're wrong, it's that they fail in comparison to what you would do for Christ. That they simply cannot measure up because Christ is that amazing. And the only way you see that is if you truly understand I'm a sinner and there's no way to heaven except through Christ paying for my sin. And I am eternally grateful for that payment. There's nothing better than knowing a man who would pay for my sin, that would take the wrath of God in my place, that would prepare a place for me in heaven. There's nothing greater than having that relationship with him. And so when you think about selling everything, it's not demonizing what you have. It's saying, I found something better. I found something better and in that is, it is Christ. Okay, so now we've laid point one down. We've, we've understood that Christ is the greatest treasure you could ever have. Question two is, will you value what you have? Essentially, do you live in a way that reflects you have a great treasure? Think about how currently we treat treasure and we treat the things we value most. You know, kids can't sneeze without us knowing, right? They have cameras on them, they have Um, GPS trackers on them, they have cell phones on them, everything. I don't know how we cared about our kids in the past, but now that's how we do it. We know every breath they take, if it's irregular, if it's long, if they were going 80 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, we know everything. We value children, so we keep track of them. We give time, we give energy, we give effort. And that's great. It's good to love your kids. It's good to love your spouse. It's good to be a a hardworking employee. But do do you treat Jesus like that? Do you say, man, I have to protect this time with him? Do you say, man, before I do anything else, I need to talk to him. I need to pray to him. I need to know what he's doing. 
I can't let him be contaminated by the other things. Does he get your, your energy, all the energy you have for your family and your friends and your hobbies? Does Christ get the first energy because of the surpassing worth of knowing him? And so if you're to ask yourself the question, does my life reflect that I treasure Christ? How would you answer it? Some questions to think about. What, what do you do when you value something? Well, one thing is you talk about it. You can't go to the grocery store without a grandma showing you a picture of her grandkids, huh? You walk into someone's house and they got little stick figures and pictures on the fridge. Why? Because they're celebrating, communicating about the child they have, they love. If you are married and have a family and no one at work knows you're married and have children, there's a problem with that relationship, isn't there? That's not a trick question. That's a problem. You communicate about the things you love. Sometimes even too much where people are like, dude, I don't care about your kids. Like, I've heard enough. But to them, it's amazing. Why? Because they love and they value and they treasure. So they talk. Do you talk about Christ? Do you talk about your treasure? Or are you so embarrassed? Are you so fearful? That if people knew who you love and who you treasure, that they might not might like you, they might not want to be around you, you might not be invited to places. Is your behavior in such a way that you would be embarrassed that they would know you're a Christian? I don't know what it is. But when you love something, you value something, you talk about it. It's what we do. It's built into us. When you care about something, you seek it. You prepare for it. Lastly, I would say this, and hear me out, you celebrate it. When you love something, you celebrate it. You celebrate how amazing it is because you love it. I want you to think about this. Walk through this with me. I don't, I don't want to demonize any of this. I just want you to think about it. Can we think for a second? Okay. We like to sing, don't we? Don't, we do. We're singing people. And what happens when you go to a concert? You sing, don't you? Don't act like we don't. I saw all the Taylor Swift pics on Instagram, okay? You're singing your heart out because you love what's being said. That's not wrong. The question is, does it fail in comparison to when you sing about Jesus? That's a fair question, isn't it? We're not demonizing concerts. Go, have fun, sing. But does it fail in comparison to when you sing about Christ, your highest, greatest treasure? I get it, you're like, well, I can just identify with the words. As a Christian, if you can't identify with worship songs, there's a problem. There's a problem. And I don't want to pick on concerts. Sports do it too. You, you go to a sports venue, they're playing songs and they're singing them. I've been on a bus full of men singing, we are the champions, we, you know, the mighty, mighty, like they're singing. It's a war cry. Why? Because they care about what they're doing. They love what they're doing. It invigorates them. That's fine. But do you do it more with Christ? Because he's the greater treasure. 
He is the highest treasure. He is the ultimate treasure. And I get it. Some of you are saying, you know what? I don't really sing, Eric. I'm not a singing person. Okay. But the one person who should get you to be able to sing is Jesus. If anyone's worth singing for, it's Jesus. It's one of the things that people sing and say, why are you singing so much? Why do you care so much? Because I love Christ. That's my treasure. There's nothing greater than knowing Jesus. And so as you think through that, and you start to stack up my time, my energy, my celebration, um, how I share, what I share about, does it fail in comparison to Christ? Because what these men are saying in this parable, he's not saying that everything he had was terrible. He's saying that he sold all that he could because there was something better. And in that better, it is Jesus. It's about ultimate and good. Jesus is the ultimate. Everything else is good, but Jesus, nothing beats that. It's when I really sing. That's when I really love. It's when I really give. It's what I really get excited about. I get excited about these other things, but man, Christ, that just draws it all out of me. Jesus is telling his disciples, this is the mentality you have to have in order to go out into the world and get beaten and mocked and laughed at. People are going to come and try to steal your treasure. They're gonna to try to change your treasure. They're gonna to try to steal the affection you have for your treasure. He said, no, 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 it is the greatest treasure, protected at all costs. Everything else fails in comparison to Jesus. Okay. So third point, what do we gotta do? We have to stop searching for fool's gold. Stop searching for fool's gold. See, here's the thing. Everyone is searching for something. If you're not a Christian, you, you fall into this category just like us, just you haven't found the, the solution, is that you want to be loved. You want to be known. You want to know your life matters. You want to know that people will be there for you no matter what. You want to be truly known, truly loved. A true sense of purpose. A true sense of belonging. And people are searching through this and they go out into the world and they, they look for ways to find value and meaning so they can say, look, my life, my matter. Look, I, I'm important. Look, I, if I were to die, people were, would miss me. And yet people reach the upper echelons and highest levels of success and they still find themselves empty, scared, vulnerable. Why? Because only Jesus, only Jesus, he's the only treasure that can satisfy those needs. Essentially, it's like this. We, we treat Jesus when we search for fool's gold in ways we would never want to be treated. <clears throat> I want you to think about this. You guys ever heard the term trophy wife? Some of you, four of you? Okay, the four of you who understand, walk with me through this, okay? Trophy wife is simply is exactly what it says. It's a trophy. So women, I want you to imagine your husband comes to you one day and says, you know what? I don't want you to talk. I don't want you to do anything other than look pretty and stay by my side. I've prepared some talking points to make you interesting and likable. Stick to the script and don't say anything else. You're just here to look good. I don't care what you have to say. I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen. We're not hanging out with your family. We're not doing anything you like. You're just here to let people know I'm not unattractive. 
so people think I'm worth loving and I'm actually good enough that I could get a date and someone would want to live with me. That's all you're good for. Men, we laugh, but I don't think we would like being trophy husbands either. Imagine your wife tells you, don't talk. You're going to do whatever I say. When I say it, some of you are like, this sounds awesome, or that's my marriage currently. But no, 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 let's think through this. Let's think through this. Then she tells you, all your money is mine. Mm, All your hobbies are mine. Here's your talking point so you don't look so dumb. You stick to the script so that people know I'm an amazing woman who's still beautiful and wants to be pursued. And we're not talking to your family. You have no rights in the parenting realm, in the money realm. Whatever I decide, you're just here for good looks. Sounds attractive at first, but it's really not. Some of us have that in friendships, trophy friends. Oh yeah, I'll bring this friend to this event because then I'll look important. Then I'll look smart. I'll bring this friend to that event because then I'll look like I really, really am important. You don't care about them. You just care that you can show them off to other people so they think you're important. What's my point? We do that to Jesus. We make them our trophy and not our treasure. We say, Jesus, you stand over here, nice and pretty. And when I want people to think I'm godly and religious and kind, I'm just going to show you off. But Jesus, don't say anything. People aren't going to like you. And then we won't get invited anywhere. Here's your talking script, Jesus. Stick to the points. Everybody goes to heaven. He just wants you to be happy. He doesn't care about marriage and gender. He just wants you to be the best you. Stick to that script, Jesus, and we'll be fine. He's your trophy, not your treasure. He's just simply an excuse to feel like you're a good person. See, because if it's your treasure, saying, Jesus, you're everything. And I'm gonna tell everyone who you are the way you tell it. Because I care more about you than what other people think. I care more about you than anything the world could offer. Any treasure that they might offer fails in comparison to obtaining and having you. See, it's a terrible thing when we chase fool's gold, when we already have the whole treasure. You already have the whole treasure, you have Christ. But there's a part of us that we we look at the world and we say, well, yeah, but if I'm gonna get in with that group of friends, I kinda gotta swap some things around. I can't look like a Bible-thumping Jesus freak, so I won't share this and I won't share that. And Oh, but then I'll get invited here and then, then, then I'll be important and then my portfolio and then my friendship and then, and then it'll all come together. All of this stuff plus Jesus, that's the treasure. Say, so, no, 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 these people sold everything. I mean, look at the second man. Verse 45 He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant whose search of fine pearls. It's saying this man looked and looked and looked and looked, and he came to the conclusion that he found the greatest pearl in the whole world and sold everything else to obtain it. See, when Jesus is your treasure, you have looked and you have searched and you have seen, I can never make enough money I can never have enough people like me. I can never have enough education. 
for it to get me to heaven. See, your trophy won't take the wrath of God for you, but your treasure will. Your trophy won't get you to heaven, but your treasure will. That world we create that brings us value, it doesn't bear the wrath of God in your place. Christ does. This is why he is your treasure. He is the only way to God. He is the only way forgiveness of sins. He is the only one who knows you completely and will love you perfectly. Your spouse won't do it. Your kids won't do it. Your job won't do it. Facebook and Instagram won't do it. Even though you hide all the bad things and promote the good things, they're still not going to like you. Only Christ. This is why he's the only one worthy of treasure. And so for us, we have to really think through this. Do I truly, firmly, absolutely, and completely believe that as I search, what if I made right in the number? Would that get rid of all my problems? What if my wife acted like, or my husband acted like, what if my kids, fill it in, fill it all in, and guess what? It's not gonna get you to heaven. It's not gonna change the fact that you still get lonely and you still feel worthless and you still feel devalued. Only Christ can fill those deficiencies. He is the greatest treasure. This is why they are willing to sell everything. One man finds him, one man searches. Both men come to the greatest conclusion that Christ is the greatest treasure. So we cannot let Christ be our trophy. He must be our treasure. No one wants to be a trophy. They just get used and abused at the pleasure of the beholder. We have to stop just showing off Christ when it benefits us. We have to take him in his full splendor and his full glory, and you'll see his full treasure. That he was the only one who was worthy and able to go to the cross to bear the wrath of God, to pay for our sins. And saying, when you understand this, because this is for us, this is where you have to catch the world is going to attack. And if you don't know how great a treasure you possess, you will quickly turn Christ into a trophy because you don't see him as a treasure at all. I think that's what we learned in COVID, isn't it? It's part of what we learned. Is what we actually value was safety, control, and comfort. And what Christ is trying to prepare his disciples, which we too need to be prepared, is let them take it all. Take your comfort, take your freedom, take it all. But never let them take me. Never let them compromise your treasure. Do all that Christ commands you. He is the greatest treasure. There's nothing better than following Jesus. And when we hold Christ in that way and see all that he has done, it helps us walk into the world when they say, well, if you want to be a part of this organization, you're going to believe this. And you say, no, thank you. My treasure is greater than whatever participating in that job, in that organization, in that team, in that place. Nothing is worth changing my treasure. Because once I change my treasure, it's no longer a treasure. See, that's the point. The treasure is perfect. It doesn't need to be changed. It's worth selling everything for. And so your question then is, do you value Christ in that way? Now, here's the thing. I, I don't want to guilt anyone into treasuring Christ. That, that defeats the purpose of a treasure. 
What we're trying to do is lift up Christ so high that you say, I need to set my eyes higher. I'm missing out on greater things. And that by comparison, everything else fails. It's not that everything else is evil and wrong and bad. It's just compared to Christ, it fails. And when we lift up Christ and hold Christ in that way, it doesn't matter what the world throws at us, we will be fine because we will know the one thing they can never take, they can never have, is Jesus, and he is always ours. And that is a treasure worth dying for. That is a treasure worth sacrificing for because he loves us completely and perfectly. He's not just a trophy. He's our treasure. So let's think through some questions together. What do you value more than Jesus? Now, again, this isn't saying you need to quit it, demonize it, hate it. It's saying when you look at your time, energy, and affection, how can you reprioritize so that Jesus is the highest and that the other things are there? You can have fun. You can spend time. You can do these things. But it's not greater than Christ. Two, why is Jesus the greatest treasure we could ever have? It's pretty simple, isn't it? He bore the wrath of God. What good is all the money in the world if it leads you to hell? See, Jesus does what we simply can't, pay our way into heaven. That's why he's the greatest treasure. Three, name some of the current fool's gold that the culture is promoting as real treasure. I would say this, the fool's gold is all you need in life is to be affirmed. What's missing in your life is for people to affirm your huge, dumb ideas. Yes, I said it that way on purpose because they want to affirm things that have huge, chaotic consequences, like changing the gender of children. Just affirm that and everything will be fine. Follow your heart and have people that affirm you following your heart. The Bible tells you that the heart is desperately wicked. It's not loving to do that. That's fool's gold. Read up on it. Kids changing. All of a sudden, it didn't make them feel any different. It makes them feel worse. And we're told the gold is just affirming them. No, it's not. And there's plenty of other examples, but you need to be aware, where's the culture trying to tell me this is the gold? I say, no, 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 that's false, that's fool's gold. Christ is the only true treasure. Four, why do you think Jesus is often portrayed as a piece of the treasure, but not the whole treasure? Church, we cannot believe that Jesus is just simply a part of the highest value. He is the highest value. And anyone that tries to take Jesus and put other things next to him and say you have a complete treasure has just made those things God because they're equal to Christ. And if that's true, he's not worth selling everything for because in the model, you sell everything else to obtain Christ because he's that amazing. He wouldn't be an amazing treasure if there was things you, well, I can't sell that. Now you've just made that equal to Christ. Okay, five, last one. What is the difference between making Jesus your treasure instead of your trophy? See, when he's your treasure, he's your highest value at any cost. He's worth any 
consequence. He's worth any ridicule. He's worth any rejection. He's worth any sacrifice. He's worth any suffering. You don't suffer for a trophy. Trophies rot, get old, and get tarnished. Christ is the eternal treasure that is always yours, that is always, always yours. Heaven is your home with your treasure. And so as we go into a time of worship, here's an opportunity to sing within a way that communicates that Christ is your treasure. Christ is your treasure. Here's the bad news. We can't convince people to make Christ their treasure. We just can't. But maybe, just maybe, we can live in a way that treasures Christ so boldly that it causes people to say, where did you find that treasure? We want to sing and live in that way, amen? Let's pray. God, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for Jesus. Pray we would live in a way that reflects we have a great treasure, that we would share and talk, suffer and sing because we have a great treasure. God, it's our prayer that all the things that challenge and rival our affections for you, that we would put them underneath you, that they would be lower in our heart than you, that you would be the highest seat, highest place in all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our energy. You would be the highest. And we pray that you would just move amongst us as we worship that we would sing with all our heart, soul, and mind. You are the greatest treasure we could ever possess. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.